Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The, the film is called By Sidney Lumet, and it is, as I said, this retrospective of his wonderful film career, such films as 12 Angry Men, um, Network, The Verdict. There's just so many such wonderful films, and Nancy had the opportunity to sit down with him and talk about him and his perspective, his philosophy on film, and uh, Nancy Bursky is the director, is uh, we're honored to have with us today. Nancy, welcome to Film School. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I uh, I did a terrible job of introducing the film. Why don't you give me sort of <laughs> uh, the, 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 uh, the idea behind uh, By Sidney Lumet, what uh, prompted you to, to want to do a documentary about his film career and about him as well? Well, first of all, let me back up, and I think this will help clarify a lot, and that is that I did not do the interview. That interview was done in 2008, which was just a few years before Sidney Lumet passed away in 2011. Mm -hmm. It was done by a really fine documentary filmmaker named Danny Anker, Mm -hmm. and unfortunately Danny himself passed away in 2013. Um, and during that period, I believe he was trying to get the documentary off the ground. Um, he had other projects he was working on. That's always the case with documentary. It's a it's a it's a hard world out there, and it's yeah. hard to get these films made. Um, but he. Um, for one reason or another, it didn't get made, and as I said, he tragically passed away in 2013, um, much too young. And um, I went into um, chat with uh, the new head of American Masters. They, the interview was commissioned by Susan Lacey, who was the executive producer of American Masters, um, through most, most of its history. And um, and then Michael Cantor came in to replace Susan in, I think it was 2012 or 2013, and he um, realized that he had this interview sitting there, and, and, and what a valuable interview it was, asked me if I'd be interested in picking up the baton and going ahead and making that movie, and I was thrilled with the idea. Um, I love the excuse of having to watch all of Sidney Lumet's films. I did watch them in chronological order for about a month, a film a day. It was a great um, opportunity to get to know his work better and see it from a different perspective, from the, you know, back in the day when I watched Serpico when it came out and, you know, movies in the 70s and the 80s, I, I you know, saw them as any, yeah. you know, film goer would see them, but not in the context of his overall canon. And so it was an exciting opportunity to do that. But I didn't agree to do the film until I had actually watched all 18 hours of Danny's interview um, and realized that there was a story there. I didn't want to just do a film which was just a rambling conversation with someone. I wanted to be able to find some kind of cohesive um, storyline or through line that would help us, that, that would allow us to, to leave the film knowing something different and, and, and exciting about Sidney Lumet, beyond his wonderful work. Beyond his wonderful um, work, yes. And I hope that's yeah. what I did. That was, my, that was my hope. And you did. And uh, as th- often happens in, uh, in these kinds of interviews, uh, th- there, 
their work, you, you, you hear their answer to questions about their life and their upbringing and their relationships with their father and their mom and the, the, all those kinds of things. And his heritage is deeply rooted uh, heritage within the Jewish community, certainly the Jewish theater community, uh, all of those things. And then you see him in some manner of speaking play out in the films uh, he made. Although he sort of shies away from a, sort of that a little bit in, in his in his interpretation, because I think for for Sidney, it, all of his stories are just basic stories about the human condition. It's not necessarily rooted in a particular tradition. Although, well, I, I I'm trying to explain it. You would do a much better job of explaining that <laughs> part of his story. No, than you're I, doing a wonderful job. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I think he's he is. Um, incredibly humble and um, reticent to tie his storytelling to his actual experience. Yeah. Um, I think he likes to think of it as, as fitting into a broader experience. As you say, the human condition, he, he says um, quite tellingly in the film that it wasn't necessarily about his relationship with his father, for instance, when, we're, when we show... Um, a portion of Daniel or um, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. But all great films, all great drama is tied to family. It's all, you know, mother-son, mother-daughter, father-son. You know, he goes into that beautiful description of what really makes great drama. And therefore, he's only falling, he's, he's joining the, the, the creative community in, in the sense of telling these great dramatic stories that deal with these tropes of human condition that he feels makes great drama. Now, we as filmmakers felt that it went further than that, yeah. obviously, or else we wouldn't put his films on the screen to illustrate it. We did feel that there was a connection, and I hope if he were alive today, he would say, oh, gee, I never thought of that, or yeah, you have a point. So, you know, we're taking a little bit of a risk, but this is... This interview with Sidney Lumet speaking about what matters, but there's no question that we're imposing ourselves on that interview to a certain extent to say what matters to him came out in his films, it, and we hope that you agree. Yeah, it's a wonderful watch. The film, the film uh, by Sidney Lumet. It's just a, it's, it is one of those movies where a documentary where uh, he seemed in that interview to be very open, very forthright about his life and his, and, and his feelings and um, and I love that there was one point where he was talking about what we just talked about the sort of the basic human condition and, and how that infu- how that affects and infuses his films uh, and he narrowed it down to Hamlet and Oedipus Rex right it, it, those were the, to, to him <laughs> yeah. it's about family it is about the the relationship to parents and to family and 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 you know it's hard to argue <laughs> it's difficult to argue with those two uh, uh touchstones if you will uh in terms of right. telling telling stories um yeah what okay what would you say for people who are not familiar with sydney's work are there a, is there a way to describe him as a humanist, as a what? What would you say about his sort of his worldview in that regard? How would you? Care? You know, I think I, I think that's a really good description. He is a humanist, yeah. um, and again, he doesn't consciously try to infuse um, humanity values into his work, but it's there. And and at, towards the end of the film, he kind of comes around and agrees. Yeah. 
you know, in the beginning of the film, he, he kind of is in some denial about how much his work reflects his life um, or how intentional his films are dealing with social conditions and, social, and, and, and ethical conditions. But I think he comes around to understand that's, of course, what he's been doing all along. Um, but I, I'd also want to say in terms of the people that may not be that familiar with his work, number one, I think they're probably going to find that they do, they do know some of these films, even if they didn't realize they did, because these films are classics and they've lived, yeah. they have resonance and have been shown over and over again um, right up till today. Um, I constantly get notes of that network being shown and Serpico being shown and Dog Day being shown. So I think that, you know, a lot of times people look at these movies and they are great classics and don't realize that the same filmmaker made all of them, yeah. which is kind of astounding. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to make the movie, right. to make that point. Right. Um, but I also think that you're, you're finding out, even if you don't know the film specifically, Anyone who's interested in the creative process and the soul of an artist, I think will feel a connection to this person who, um, you know, who said it was all about luck. I mean, it's also about working. I mean, the, fil- the, the, the film also deals with his, 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 his belief that you just get out there and you work. And, and, you know, he got lucky. He got a lot of good scripts, as he says. Now, I don't think any of it is really luck. But there's always some luck in it, and I think that those of us who are, you know, interested in creativity, interested in filmmaking, interested in, you know, arts, are going to connect what their their interest to what Sydney went through. Yeah, I I I completely agree with that assessment of him, and I I do want to quickly run through sort of. You know, I say highlights, but I mean they're just films that I think people will be familiar with. Going back to Twelve Angry Men. Uh, the Fugitive Kind, Long Day's Journey and Tonight, Failsafe, Pawnbroker, um, just going through real quickly, the Anderson tapes. He also worked on a documentary on Martin Luther King called Memphis, uh, called King, a filmed mm-hmm. record, a filmed record, Montgomery to Memphis, which was uh, sort of, it went away for many years. It's sort of resurfaced of late. Serpico, Murder on the Orient Express, Dog Day Afternoon, Network, uh, Prince of the City, uh, The Verdict. One of my these are some of my favorite films. I have to tell you, The Verdict and Network are, I think, have, even though a lot of his work is rooted in a particular era, particular time, and they're still timeless in so many different ways. Uh, and could pre- could Network be more prescient about our the world we live yeah. in today? How how could a movie that was made in nineteen seventy 76 feel like it could have been made last week it's amazing no it, it's it, go ahead. it's incredible it's incredible and that i mean that's why I, I i feel like this film that we've made is a real contribution to the culture because it reminds people that this one person did these amazing films and that they are so resonant today yeah I mean, if, if this were just a piece of history, well, it might be an interesting history, but it's not. It's relevant. It's timely. It's timeless. Um, I totally agree with you. You said it better than I could. Well, well uh, let me go back, because I do want to touch on this, because you, you, you talk about him as the artist. You know, he worked in the, the actor's studio. He was, he was tied up in the uh, uh, House Un-American Activities Com- uh, Committee, who, who uh, 
disgrace of that era. Uh, he so he he lived a, a full life outside of of the film industry. He his 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 growing up in the theater. All of these things have really, I think, in, again, sort of influenced him, informed him, educated him in ways that made him the artist he he is and became, or uh, he was. Uh, but. Why do you think he sort of shied so much away? And I hear it often about filmmakers. That's not about me. My film, that film's not about me. Why do you think that, is that a defense mechanism? Is there something about their psychology? They just don't want it to be so personalized in case it's rejected. Uh, what What is, why do you, in your opinion, what would that be? You know, that's a really interesting question, and it's a broad one, and it would probably take us another whole <laughs> show to talk about the the possibilities, because I don't think I have a definitive answer. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of the things you're suggesting are true, that um, sometimes it's, I don't want anyone to think I'm making this all about me, it, because if they don't like it, then what does that say about how they feel about me? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in the case of someone like Sydney, um, that the the themes that come out are more unconscious, that he really was excited about the script. He was excited about working about it with a particular cinematographer. He was excited about, you know, a new way of telling a story. And the fact that he connected to it personally, I think we all, all filmmakers want to feel a connection personally to a story. Mm -hmm. We may not understand what that personal connection is, but for some reason it excites us it makes us feel like we can stay with a project for two or three years, which is what it normally means. And um, and it often means that I find that when I'm doing Q&As on films that I've also done, like Afternoon of a Fawn, for instance, yes, I find out about things in that talkback that it never occurred to me that mm-hmm. was a, a personal connection for me. And so there are always times that you're working on something where you don't make the literal connection to your own life and you find out way after the fact, oh, yeah, there, there was that moment, you know, or there was that relationship, or there was that thing that drew me to this. So I do think that a lot of it's unconscious. Yeah. And, um, and also, you know, you're dealing with a person who is proud of his work but doesn't have this incredible ego that, you know, is kind of putting himself out there all the time. So mm-hmm. I think that's maybe the final answer. Yeah. But I, I, I think... I think the organic process of making a movie is the explanation more than anything else. So you're not always conscious of these things as you're doing them. Yeah, and I, I yes, I think you're. I agree with that. I, I do think that we do so many things that are on a subconscious level. But the thing with film, it's just a, such a sustained effort. They, there's so much time to think about what you're doing and the choices you're making. <laughs> it, it, it's hard to believe that you'd never thought that this had any connection to yourself, or it has little connection right, to you. Right. But, yeah. uh, but uh, you sound like you're a filmmaker. <laughs> <laughs> well. I want to be, and and I am inspired by your work, as as you just mentioned, afternoon of a of a fawn, and the, the work you've done in the past. And you're also a producer. You they have a film out right now called Loving, a Jeff Nichols film. Uh, congratulations on that, That's as, right. as well. So congratulations, Thank you very on, much. And are you in town? I, the film is as playing at the Royal Theater, the Lemley Royal Theater here in Los Angeles. I am not. I'm in New York, okay. where it's also playing at the Lincoln Plaza Theater in New York. Okay. And so our producer Chris Donnelly is in town, and he will be at the um, at the opening tonight. I think the seven. 
710 show. That's correct. To do a question and answer session after that. Fantastic. Well, good. Well, uh, all the best on tonight at, at the at uh, the Lincoln. I'm, that's what a what a wonderful place to be to show a film about a filmmaker, and uh, I'm sure you're going to get a tremendous reaction and uh, for it for being uh, for this film. So, um, well, I I I, uh, I know our time is short, so I just want to just in terms of what you saw in the films and what you saw in the in the. Um, in the interview and how you pieced it all together, uh, is is there a takeaway, something that surprised you about Sidney Lumet, something about him, or if people reacted in a certain way that you were un- that was unexpected in terms of the film? There's something in there that uh, that you felt really kind of verified your instincts in in, in doing this project. I, I think that his films, the way they reflect and refract on his life did verify my interest and my excitement on the project. But, you know, someone asked me a question in a Q&A the other day, which I found very revealing. Sidney Lumet says at the end of our film that at the end of the day, there was a, there was a grounding in all these films about what is fair. You know, even if, if, if it's not about, you know, if, even if he wasn't kind of waving the banner of morality or, or ethics or anything, that it, ultimately it's about what is fair. And this person has said to me, why did Sidney, did, did Sidney Lumet ever question his own life? He had a really tough upbringing. He, was, he lived in adversity for many, many years before he became a successful filmmaker. Did he ever question whether or not life was fair to him? And I realized that Sidney Lumet has this incredible glasses-half-full attitude about life. And even when he was struggling with his father to put food on the table by acting when he was five years old and, and working hard during that really tough period, he found joy in that. Yeah. He thought it was the most wonderful opportunity in the world yeah. to be responsible for helping the family. There was never a time, I think, that he ever felt sorry for himself mm. and that he didn't feel that life wasn't fair. So I think it's wonderful that here's a guy who has such a joyful an optimistic view of the world, and is so grateful for the ability to do what he did to make movies about people who didn't feel that way. Mm. I think that's a really interesting idea, and I'm, I'm going to continue thinking about that. Yeah. It's the first time I've said it, but I, I really think that that's fascinating. Well, well I just as we leave you, uh, I'm going to be playing uh, Paul Newman's speech to the jury in The Verdict, which, in my mind, is, uh. is the greatest performance of Paul Newman's career. I think it's as good as any single performance that I, I can think of in terms of films. And um, to your point, I think you're absolutely right. It, it's such a it's such an important thing. Fairness, justice, some sense of justice is so, so much a part of the human condition. And, and Sidney Lumet did an incredible job of making that uh, such a central tenet of his filmmaking career. Thank you so much. I completely agree with you, and I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for having me on the show. As well, Nancy Bursky. The film is called By Sidney Lumet. Nancy, all the best. I hope you can come back and join us for your next project. Thank you for being here. I'd love to. Thank you very much. Take care. Uh, That was Nancy Bursky. The the film is called, uh, well, it's what we've been talking about. It's called By Sidney Lumet. But anyway, we're going to go to Paul Newman, and this is a scene. It's in the verdict. uh, Paul Newman 
talking about justice. You know, so much of the time we're just lost. Say, please, God, tell us what is right. Tell us what is true. I mean, there is no justice. The, the rich win, the poor are powerless. We become tired of hearing people lie. And after a time, we become dead. A little dead. We think of ourselves as victims. And we become victims. We become... We become weak. ourselves, we doubt our beliefs, we doubt our institutions, and we doubt the law. But today you are the law. statue or the trappings of the court see those are just symbols of our desire to be just they are they are in fact a prayer a fervent and a frightened prayer in my religion they say act as if you had faith faith will be given to you if if we are to have faith justice we need only to believe in ourselves and act with justice See, I believe there is justice in our hearts You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.